Well, it's great to be in the house of God today and uh, great services this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. For those of you that were able to be here, it was great to see Charlie and Hildegard Davis here and a young man named Steve, again, from uh, Neighborhood Bible Time. His family's parents have moved here and just exciting to meet them today and other visitors that we had and folks that are just back. And we just thank God for each one of you. We pray that God will bless you um, each day. Be praying again for Spike and Bonnie's family. Spike and Bonnie both went home to be with the Lord in the last two weeks. And uh, just thankful for them. His, we're going to have a memorial service here on the 31st of October at 11 a.m. And there'll be a viewing at Weefel's Funeral Home here in Banning from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock in the morning. And then the service will be here at 11, and we'll have a luncheon after, and that's on the 31st. So keep that in mind. Be praying for Jen and her family, uh, as her, her father's uh, f- uh, funeral will be next Saturday. And just thankful that we can comfort one another, encourage one another. Thankful for heaven, and uh, thankful for a place, our, our families, our church families that we can gain strength, encouragement, and help. Again, we congratulate uh, LJ and Jessica, and uh, just thankful for the safe delivery of uh, Eloise, Jane, and Nino. What a blessing. So God bless you. Enjoy the message tonight, and uh, Brother Mike's going to come at this time. God bless each one of you. Take care. Thank you, Pastor, and it was a great day in God's house this morning. Take your Bibles there at your home and turn to John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1, we're going to study that passage today. I do hope you had a good Sunday afternoon. I know sometimes Sunday afternoons, one of the best things about them, are getting naps. I don't know how many of you guys take a nap typically on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I sometimes try to, sometimes I'm successful, sometimes am not. But just with that in mind and the fact that maybe you are a, a, little, bit, a little bit tired right now, I want to start out with a, a little bit of a game, all right? A little bit of a game. And this is going to involve everybody in the family. Kids, get involved with this as well. It's going to be, who am I? What we're going to have is a few questions giving you some clues as to who this biblical character is. And you are to just shout out there at your home, and we will see who is the uh, first person in your home to get it correct. If you're there by yourself, you've got a 100% chance of winning right now. But if you've got other people there, then you've got to battle it out. But we'll see here. So we're going to start with the very first one, number one. And uh, we look at this. My dad sent his servant to another country to find a wife for me. My mom should be in the Guinness Book of World Records for the oldest woman to give birth to a child. And I obeyed my father even when he put me on the altar to offer me as a sacrifice to God. And the correct answer to this is Isaac. Isaac. All right, that's number one. Number two, question number two. Question number two. When I was born, there was already a death warrant issued for me. After I was born, my mother hid me for three months. I was only able to live with my parents for a few years before I went to live at Pharaoh's palace. And the answer to number two is Moses. Moses. I will go question number three. Question number three. I had a twin brother. My brother was a hunter, but I liked to stay close at home. I deceived my father so that he would give me the blessing of the firstborn, even though I was born second. And the correct answer here is 
Jacob. All right, so we've got three down. I don't know what the score is there at the house, but we'll keep going on for question number four. Question four. Question number four. An angel told my mom she was going to have a child. Then he came back and told my dad as well. The angel told my parents that I was to be a Nazarite. That means I couldn't eat great products, touch dead bodies, or cut my hair. And then the third clue is, after I gave away the secret of my strength, my hair was cut and my eyes were gouged out. And the correct answer number four is Samson. Samson. All right, question number five. Question five. Question number five. My oldest sibling died seven days after he or she was born. A prophet was sent to my father to point out his sin after he committed adultery with my mother. And my dad was Israel's second king. I was Israel's third king. And the correct answer to this is Solomon. Solomon. All right, number six. Number six. I had 11 brothers and one sister. I had two dreams in which I saw my parents and brothers bowing down to me. I was an ex-slave, ex-convict, and foreigner who rose to a position of power in Egypt. And the correct answer there is Joseph. Joseph. All right. Is there one more or is that the last one? One more. All right, last one. So this is for, if there is a tie in the house right now, this is to break the tie. My parents died when I was young and I was raised by my uncle. Together my uncle and I spoiled a plot to kill all the Jews in Persia. My uncle spoiled a plot to assassinate the king. And the correct answer to this one is Esther. Esther. All right, how'd you do there? I don't know who won at the house, but hopefully that woke you up a little bit and have you ready to look into God's Word because what we're going to look at today is basically we are going to look at a description. That's what we just did, right? We played a game where there were descriptions given, and from those descriptions, you were able to find out who the person was. What we're going to study these next few weeks is the book of John. And when we come to John chapter number 1, John is going to give a description of who this entire book is about, and to be honest, who the entire Bible is about. And he is going to describe him for us and give us the details of who he is. And that's what we're going to look at today. And we're going to start in verse number 1. John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The first, the first clue, the first sort of description of who Jesus is, is Jesus is the eternal Creator. Jesus is the eternal Creator. He created all. We see in John chapter number 1 the description being used of word. This is referring to Jesus Christ. This is the Greek word logos. Other meaning, when we hear word, we just think of what was spoken. But there are more meanings behind it than just the mere spoken word. And what we're going to see is God in the flesh. Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the Creator. Verse number 1, we find in the beginning was the Word. He existed before the world. John 1.1 1, 1 is very similar to the very first verse in the entire Bible. Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And here in John 1, we see that Jesus existed before the world. That is why Later on in the book of John, in John chapter number 8, when Jesus is, is speaking 
And he says about Abraham and they ask, well, how, how do you know about Abraham? How do you know him? And Jesus says the words before Abraham was, I am in John 8, 58. What was he saying? That he has always been there. Jesus was with God and the word was with God. Jesus was there in the very beginning with God the Father. The Bible clearly teaches us about the Trinity, that we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three of them are eternal. They have always been there. And we see this very first verse talking about how Jesus was there with God. God did not create Jesus. He was there with him. And the last part of this verse, and the word was God. Jesus was God. Jesus is God. That is who this entire book of John is about. It's about him. The one who's always been there. The one who was with God and the one that was God. John, does the, some of the other books, Matthew and Luke, sort of begin with a, a genealogy explaining to us the human side of Jesus, but that is not where John begins. John begins just telling us that this person, Jesus, who John walked with, was God and has always been God. Verse number two, the same was in the beginning with God. What is he talking about in the beginning of what? The beginning of everything. Before this world was here, Jesus was there. Then we see verse three, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus created all that we see. You know, you find that in Colossians chapter number 1, Colossians 1, verses 15 through 17. We see who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. This is who we serve, the creator. Jesus was involved in all of creation. In fact, in Genesis 1.27, when they are speaking about man being created, remember he says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Why is it using that plural form there? Because all were involved in creation of man. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 also talks about the fact that, that, God, that Jesus created God who at sundry times and in a diverse manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, who he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who is Jesus, who being in the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Who is Jesus? He's, he's eternal. He created. Nothing is here without him. How do I apply that to my life? I worship Christ. The very expression of who God is in human form that should be what we do every day. How often do you spend time worshiping Him? Like, like honestly worshiping Him. 
We live in a society today where we are always so busy. That to really just sit down, I, I know many of you, maybe, maybe you, you, you go through the day, you have a busy day, you finally get the kids to bed and you, you sit down on the couch and you're just, you're just exhausted. But did you spend any time throughout that day worshiping our Creator, our God? We need to find that time to spend worshiping Him. And then, since we know who He is and the fact that He deserves our worship, we need to share with others the truth that He is God and that all things were made through Him. I need to share that. I know in 2020, it, it, it's become maybe a little bit different as far as sharing. I, I know some common things that, that we encourage people to do is passing out tracks and different things. Maybe a little bit more hesitation now because of the, the virus and, and trying to be safe. But we should still be sharing God's word with people, sharing who he is. And I, I love our, our Saturday prayer meetings. And what we did uh, this Saturday, we spent some time and some of the men were, were sharing sort of how they came to the church. How did God bring them here? And Dwayne shared his testimony and shared with the fact that he was at his house, a very successful man. But he said he knew something was missing. And somebody came by and shared with him about coming to church. He came that very next day and got saved and his life was changed forever. We need to share with people the only hope we have. We, we watch the news today, there is no hope. We, we watch the, the things going on in politics, and, and really there is no hope going to help us coming from Washington, D.C. or from Sacramento. The only hope that can really help man is Jesus Christ. And I need to share that with people. Jesus is the eternal creator, but the second sort of clue of who Jesus is that, we're going to, that John is going to give is Jesus is life and truth. Life and truth. And in verse number four, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We see this comparison of, of light and darkness, good and evil. And you see that quite a bit in, in many different places where we see this battle of good and evil and light and darkness. And Jesus came and he is the source of life. He gave us life, but he came to give us a more abundant life. Jesus created us. He is the creator. In fact, remember, the Bible says that God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Those hands that form man are the hands of, of Jesus. He gave man life. Man made a mistake in the garden. Sin entered into the world. And why did Jesus come to this earth? Is so that our life could be restored. Is that one day we can be in heaven. And he is the light. He is that points out the way to heaven. And we see this battle of light and darkness, but one thing we must understand is that this is not a fair fight because the battle has already been won. This is not two equals going to battle. Jesus has already won this battle against, against darkness. And we're introduced to, in verse number six, another man. 
Verse number six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So understand, Jesus is the light. Jesus is who this book is all about. But John introduces us to a man by the name of John. Now, this is not the same man that wrote this book. This is sometimes history refers to him as John the Baptist. The reason they refer to him as that is John spent a lot of his time baptizing people there in the Jordan River. In fact, we'll see later, he baptizes Jesus at the Jordan River. But John's very important. I, I love how John the Apostle makes a clear distinction that John the Baptist and Jesus were not equals. Because no matter what we ever do for God, we are never equal with God. Everything we do is from Him. In John chapter number 3, John the Baptist recognized this because he said, there's a man who's coming after me whose shoe I'm not, shoe latchet I'm not willing to fix. What did he say? I'm not willing to tie his shoes. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not able to because of who he is. And in John chapter number 3, we see his sort of life motto. When John the Baptist says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And John was a, a great man. Jesus said he was one of the greatest ever born. John was a man that was foretold in Scripture that he would come. The book of Malachi, Malachi 3, verse number 1, talks about the fact that, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Isaiah 40, verse 3, talks about him being the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And in Malachi 4, 5, one of the last sections there in the Old Testament, there's a prophecy, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. John the Baptist was prophesied in Scripture. He was a man that God used greatly, but he was not that light. There's a clear difference between him and Jesus, because Jesus is different. He's God in the flesh. Now, as Jesus comes to this earth, verse number 11 tells us that some didn't get it. We'll start in verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Jesus, the creator of this world, comes down to this world to be rejected. We know what's going to happen to him. He is going to be crucified, put to death by the very people that he has created. They didn't see who he was, or in some cases didn't want to see who he was. But some did. Verse number 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What a great verse, verse number 12 it is. What is it talking about? That when they realized who Jesus was and they believed in Jesus, they became the sons of God. And just as this statement is true for those people that John knew that trusted in Jesus, it's true for us today. 
All of us that have trusted in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have become the children of God. Now, I know we know that, but just let that sink in. I'm a son of God. And verse number 13, before we lift ourselves up with pride, says it's nothing that you did. It's, it, it, it's, it's not of blood, not of the will of the flesh. It, it's just of God. That's the only way that we have this ability to become the Son of God. How do we apply this? I live in ways that shine the life and truth of Jesus to the world around us and bear witness about Christ to those who need to hear. John was not the light, but he was sent to reflect the light. I am not the light, but where God places me, I am to reflect that light. Tomorrow at your job, at school, at the store, wherever it is you are, you are a light. I am to bear, I am to bear witness. I am to reflect that light to other people. Everywhere I go, that's what my responsibility is. And then our last point we'll look at today. Jesus is God's grace, truth, and glory in human form. Verse number 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God became man. Jesus was not 50% God, 50% man. He was 100% God, 100% man. Jesus was not God some of the time and man other parts of the time. He was always both in the flesh. No man hath seen God at any time, Scripture says. But we have seen Jesus. He, he has established that Jesus is God. Now he shows us that Jesus is also man. He came into this world. John will point out in his book that Jesus became weary and tired, that he groaned within himself, that he was thirsty, and the fact that he wept. Jesus was man. That is why he knows what we're going through, because he's experienced it. He's lived on this earth. He has experienced that. Verse number 15, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. For he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Verse 17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace. He came to redeem sinful man. Not to condemn him. Jesus said they're condemned already. The law condemns man because we see we will never measure up. But Jesus in His grace gives us a way to have that relationship with God. Truth. How do I have a relationship with God? It is only through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Verse 18, no man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared Him. No one has seen the Father, but Jesus has made Him known. How do I apply this? God. God pours out His grace on us through Jesus. We can know God through Jesus who reveals the heart, mind, and nature of God. We say, how do, how do I know how to act? 
I study the life of Jesus. Because I'm supposed to be ye holy as he is holy. I look at how Jesus responded to situations, and it helps me understand how I am to respond to situations. So John spends the very first chapter, very first part, explaining who is Jesus? Who is he? You know, a show is on TV, and I'm not sure if it's still on, but a show called Undercover Boss. And I'm sure many of you have heard of this or, or maybe even seen it. And what would happen here is an owner of a huge company would come down and take sort of a, a manual labor job or a job much lower than he had ever really had in the company most times and, and find out how people worked. He would interact with those people and, and he would be disguised so they would not know who he was, but he'd interact and, and they would sort of share some of the positives and negatives about working with this company. And he would learn more because there's something about having them in his office, they weren't going to necessarily tell him the truth. But when they thought that he was just the same position they were, they opened up more. Here he was, he came down to where they worked and basically took their job. Many times he found out that the job that they were doing was much harder than what he had imagined. Often at the end of that show, they would bring the person in and they would reveal who it was. And, and then many times they would be given a gift or, or something that they had talked about. The owner would help them with that. It's a neat little show and interesting to see. I think I've only really watched one episode before. But to see how things changed. When Jesus came down to this earth, oh, he stepped way further down than the owner of a company to the lowest spot in the company. He became man. He dwelled among us, just like in that show as they would do that job, but he didn't dwell among them for one day like in the show, but for 33 years. Then, the whole time he spent revealing himself to them. And finally, at the end, he died on a cross. And the whole time he said, this is the one clue I'll give you. If you want to know for sure that I am who I say I am, I will rise again from the dead. And three days later, he did exactly that. And now what does he offer? Not just to those people that knew him there, but to all. A completely new way of life. Right now and for eternity. Who is Jesus? He's our eternal creator. He is our source of life and truth. And he is God's grace, truth, and glory. He is God in the flesh. And that's who John says, hey, that, that's who I followed. I was with him. I, I saw him. And that's who he is going to show us more of in the book of John. Dear God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your son who came to this earth. And because he came to this earth, everything, everything changed. And now we can stand here today or in our homes today. We can have a purpose to our life. We know what the future of our life will be like when one day you call us home. God, we thank you for all that you do. I pray that you would help us in this study to learn more about who Jesus is. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 
Again, thank you for being a part of the service today. I want to encourage you, if you are able to, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we look forward to being back on campus and would love to have you be a part of that service. Again, thank you for being a part of tonight's service. We'll be praying for you this weekend. If you need anything, please do let us know. We'll look forward to seeing you on Wednesday.